Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks. Thank you for listening to the post-game show of the March Madness NCAA Tournament. Yeah, leave that playing in the background. Just kind of like, just like turn it up just a little bit, like as this intro is here. I'm here with just a few of my professional sports panel, Zach Hahn and Chad Rainwater. It's just the three musketeers, and actually, this is the original three. I did the first sports podcast with you two gentlemen. Yeah, it's a trip down memory lane today, Adam. You got one shining moment playing. It's the original three, so it's great to be here. Exactly. What's up, Chad? What's, What's going up, on? It's good. It's good, you know. Uh, despite what happened last night, I'm doing good. So you were a little disappointed with the victory of uh, North Carolina winning the national championship? Uh, yeah, of course, definitely. Uh, I'm not a big fan of North Carolina, obviously. And uh, like I said last week, I was really rooting for Gonzaga. Had my Gonzaga t-shirt on. I was I was rooting for the Bulldogs. But came up a little short, man. Uh, it's not a fun day when... North Carolina Tar Heels won another championship. Well, it's their sixth championship, and I said that I was a little worried if North Carolina won, they're creeping up on Kentucky's championships. Kentucky's only got eight. Yeah, yeah, they're getting there, but uh, I'm not that disappointed. We still got two more, two national championships. is a is a lot of that's uh, that's a, a big hurdle to overcome, man. Hey, you know what? I can you can say that if Kentucky had beat North Carolina, who knows? Got to you got to hand it though, really quick to Roy Williams. I, I, is he now the one of the greats? Is he one now? Is he now one of the top five greatest college basketball coaches of all time? Probably. I mean, he may have been on there before this anyway. Because I mean, they were runner up last year. Uh, but yeah, he's a he's one of the greats for sure. How many national championships does that make for him personally? It's three, and they say three is the magic number. For just in sports in general, I think when you get to three, people leave you alone because one championship, it could be a fluke. Two championships, you could be lucky. Three championships, that shuts people up. I mean, it took LeBron James three championships for him to be left alone. Roy Williams now, he's now in the conversation of being one of the greats. So... Got to hand it to old Roy. Like I said, he's just the guy. I love... Did you watch the celebration in the locker room? No. No, Nobody I didn't catch did. that. I was I was tired from all the fouls. It was time to go to bed. It was <laughs> a late game, whole lot of fouls and reviews dragging it out. I couldn't couldn't stand to watch Roy in the Roy in the heels just party it up. You didn't yeah. you didn't like the referees? No, I did yeah. You didn't Man. like the referees. I thought they I thought they called the game right down the line, right down the middle. You think so? Have you square. seen Have you seen the pictures that come out on social media? Being very you sarcastic. Saw the picture I sent you. Yeah. Very sarcastic. Oh, that okay. was yeah, very sarcastic. Like that was probably the worst referee set of referees we've had in March Madness. I mean, that was an awful game to watch. If it wasn't for a close score, like that was the only thing keeping me in the game. That game was so slow, slow paced, they couldn't get going. Like it was a foul every ten seconds, and then for a while. When they weren't calling fouls, they were all missing shots. Like I don't, it. I don't even think I saw a team make back-to-back shots in the second half with that and all the fouls going on. It was just, it was ridiculous, man. It was a, it was a, in my opinion, it was a bad game. Yeah, I read an article today. I think they said that uh, average amount of time that the ball was actually in play was like forty-four seconds. And for a game like March Madness, the championship game, why have referees that don't know how to call a game correctly? These are supposed to be the elite referees, right? And you know this has been a problem the whole season, the referees. I mean, uh, like, you don't see in the, in the NBA, you don't see the officiating dictate the end of a game. 
But here recently, in the, especially in the tournament, I feel like they have definitely dictated the outcome. They do. They really do. That's a good point because you got to think the last – every game in March Madness almost ends up right down to the last second, and that's when the referees really have control of, like, your, your destiny of the team. They call the fouls. You know, they're calling, they're calling the shots. Yeah. And what they say goes, even if it was – the wrong call because there was several wrong calls. I mean, that picture you sent me, that guy's hand was out of bounds. Who was that out of uh, bounds? Kennedy Meeks. Kennedy Meeks, yeah. Hand yeah, was out for, of and they called a jump ball. Called a jump ball. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you call that. And they were right there, too. And right there on him, his hand was three or four inches out of bounds. I don't know if you saw that, Zach, yeah, or not. But they called a jump ball. And of course, North Carolina had the ball. They got the ball back. And it was a crucial situation because at that point in the game, it was still a close game. I can't remember the exact score, how much time was left, but it, it was towards the end of the second half, and that was a crucial turning point in the game, in my opinion. It, it makes you think that sometimes referees are possibly paid to fix these games. I mean, and that's no, sad because I, I, I agree. I believe that <laughs> it has to do with month is. A lot of money is involved. Yeah, like, because you know sports betting is so big, and especially out in Vegas, it's it's so easy to get hooked into that. And if there is a referee out there who has potential to get hooked in with the gambling dark side in Vegas, and they could fix these games to win them some money, even though that's extremely illegal, I'm sure it happens. Uh, I'm sure it's happened in college basketball, and probably recently. But I don't know that it would happen on the, you know, on the national championship game, and I think it would be, be a, kind of a, a unique situation if it did. I don't think that is what it was. I think the refs just wanted to make their impact on the game. I think that that's for whatever reason these these officials that they get just can't go out there and let the players play. Yeah, they, they want to call these little uh, touch fouls, and and uh, really it's it's terrible because even if it's not fixed. It's you're still having the men in in black and white striped shirts dictating the game instead of the skills of the players and the strategies and you know the reasons people watch the game. Yeah. While we're while we're on the topic of uh, referees and officiating, did you did y'all see what uh what uh John what is what John is Higgins? Name? John Higgins. I was calling him John Huggins before you got here. <laughs> <laughs> did you see what he said? What he, he said. was he was wondering why Kentucky like. Uh, started hating on him so bad because he felt like he did a great a great job in the lead eight game. Felt like yeah. he did a good job. Like seriously, I haven't spoken on the Kentucky incident I, actually at all on this show yet. We so, so let's just talk about that really quick. There, the controversy that happened with Kentucky, basically, he, Kentucky fans found John Higgins's business Facebook page and started harassing him, and he had to get the FBI involved, etc. Totally embarrassing. Totally inappropriate. And I think that I should be, we all should be a voice as good UK fans to say, hey, that is ignorant and stop it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you can't condone that. Right, I mean. Yeah, there, uh, there's like maybe 1% of me who thought that that was, it time, before the death threats, that it was funny for them to like post reviews on his Facebook about or for his business Facebook you know he was a, he was a roofer right and uh, he was le- they were leaving like bad reviews based on his officiating it had nothing to do with his with his roofing but they were like yeah John pooped on my roof and <laughs> saying stuff like that and uh, th- that was funny, okay but then funny it, stuff but it yeah. got a little out of control when they started giving him death threats I mean I know BBN's pretty passionate but that's taken a little too far in my opinion I think I think so do you wonder if <clears throat> some of that stuff though was legitimately even Kentucky fans I mean is it a that's, possibility it, that yeah. other fan bases uh, once that became a story oh yeah once the, 
I'm not saying that it wasn't UK fans that found his, his business page or that UK fans weren't involved, but once that other fan bases realized there's a chance to make uh, or to give BBN a, a black eye that they didn't jump on there and yeah, you, you think that some teams should share the responsibility. Some fan bases should share the responsibility uh, that Kentucky fans are getting accused of. Um, not necessarily. I'm just wondering if all the stuff that came out towards Higgins was legitimately from UK fans. Right. I mean, that, that could happen. I mean, it's easy to do something like that. But so. it's so believable. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like a parent who acts like my child never does anything wrong. <laughs> it, it's. It's like it sounds so like UK fans. It sounds like the Big Blue Nation. And and I say and I say that with love because. I, you know, I'm a UK fan. We're we are passionate, but I, this is not how to handle things. I mean, because this is the man's business. It's his job. It's his livelihood. It's it's his business. I respect the fact that he's a working man. I mean, I really did respect that about him. That he was like common, even though he got paid three thousand dollars a game. He's he's in the spotlight in March, but he still is just a working class American. You got to appreciate that. And the fact that we did this, it was very classless. Yeah, I. Uh... When was that? I guess Monday that came out after the game. Monday it came out, there. or maybe it was Tuesday or Wednesday that his information got leaked. And uh, it was a it was a video that I watched that had all the horrible calls that he made during the game. Then at the end, it had his uh, advertisement for his roofing company, and it had his information. And then that just a screenshot of that picture of the information came out. I took that and posted it on Facebook. But then shortly found out that all this stuff about death threats were coming out, so I took it down. I felt bad at that time. Yeah, that was uh, it was it was ridiculous. But so Higgins, do you think he'll coach, or do you think he will referee any more Kentucky games? Yeah, if it's a big game, he's going to be there because, and it's probably going to be even worse now that all this stuff's happened. It's, his officiating is probably going to be even worse. But hopefully, it doesn't cost us cost us any more games. Okay, so we got to talk about the Final Four. I know we just spoke about the obvious. North Carolina is the champions, but let's preview the Final Four: South Carolina versus Gonzaga. Now, it was interesting. The Final Four got good ratings. I didn't necessarily think that it would because of the teams that was in it. But, hey, I think that when it gets down to the Final Four, it's really not about fan bases watching their team. It's it's that plus it's just the college basketball fans watching. So the ratings was good. What do you think the most interesting thing of that game was? Which one? South Carolina and Gonzaga. Uh, I don't know if it was in it much or anything really interesting. It was, a, it was a good game, though. It was close throughout. Actually, Gonzaga got it pretty big, but then South Carolina got on a uh, – uh, went on a 14-0 run towards the end of the second half, and you thought that their Cinderella story was going to continue. And I think uh, Gonzaga just had just a little bit more of a – I think it was more their uh, – let's say uh, – uh, I'm trying to think of the word. I, uh, <laughs> they were more uh, – Their season. More seasoned, yeah. yeah more they, seasoned. They were, I mean, it's yeah. been a long time yeah. since North South Carolina had been this far, so I think it was a little bit more of that that helped uh, Gonzaga beat them. And then, you know, Frank Martin gave a very emotional post-game press conference. He cried. I did see you don't that. see that all the time from old Scary Frank, which is a very scary man. That's like you crying, Zach. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You wouldn't look like a scary man on the sideline. But you don't see grown men cry a lot, and especially guys like Well, Frank I'd say Martin. that was an emotional roller coaster for him. I mean, if your team's winning games that you weren't expecting to win, that's got to be – you got to get pretty close to those guys. And after they got the – uh, the trip to the Final Four, you saw his players hugging him and stuff. He's obviously a bit of a, a player's coach, and it would probably always be a real special group to him, so I can understand why he would be emotional about it, and I think that's 
That's warranted. And he said the most emotional thing about it is that the fact that you won't coach those players anymore. Some some of those players, it was their last game, so it was a, some it was the last game he was ever going to coach them. Uh, well, if Cal cried for that reason, he'd never stop. He'd always, <laughs> he'd always have the waterworks going, wouldn't he? Yeah, he <laughs> would. That's a good point. He really would. Oregon, UNC, uh, that was a good game. Oregon lost by one point. Oregon, that's another team that I thought was going to go out pretty early, and they kept surprising me. Yeah, I think we all assumed Oregon was going to go out pretty early. Uh, had their second or yeah, their second leading score out the whole tournament, and uh, they really proved us wrong, you know. Uh, and then it come down to one possession, or uh, I guess come down to free throws, and or actually rebounding, rebounding mm-hmm. that it came down to from keeping them from uh, going to the championship game. Isn't it interesting how fundamentals of basketball, like it always comes down to rebounding and free throws at the end of the day. Like if you don't make your free throws and you don't rebound, are you going to win a championship? Are you going to – that's what it comes down wow, to. Rebounding is so <clears throat> so unspectacular. But you got to think, you know, you can talk about playing playing defense all you want to, but if you get a rebound, that's a shot that the other team's never going to get. Period. They've already missed that shot. Yeah. Uh, I think somebody I forget who it was, but there's famous quotes that you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Uh-huh. If you get a rebound, you're playing. You're, you've held your opponent to to zero percent. I believe the position. good old John Calipari said that a few times too. But yeah, the, I don't know who it was originally though. No, but I've heard him say it quite a few times. I said that you, we would know Oregon's head coach's name after the Final Four, so I'm going to test you all. Do you know his name? Dana Altman. Yep. Okay, so I have to ask Dana Altman, Frank Martin. Mark Few, are these guys going to be looked at as possibly going to another school? I mean, look, they just made it to the Final Four. That speaks volumes to a lot of athletic directors. Are they going to leave their prospective programs and go to, let's say, I don't know. There's no school open up, but yeah. does that put their name in the hat for a school like UNC when Roy Williams retires? He's 66. It could happen. Uh, I don't know about UNC specifically. I, Mark Fuse had plenty of opportunities to leave over the years, and he just likes it there in Gonzaga. And I, I feel like he's probably got a chip on his shoulder at this point to get him that far mm-hmm. and not get the championship. Right. They're, they're in a weak conference. They're going to have a chance to go to the tournament every year. So I, I don't see Mark Few going anywhere. As for Altman and Frank Martin, uh, I don't know. Altman's been around for a long time already. Just depends on how well those guys like it at those particular schools. Yeah, it puts them. To answer your question, it puts them on the radar. But I don't know if you'll actually see them move or not. Yeah, I agree with Zach. I don't. I don't really see any of them going anywhere. I mean, it looks like Altman. I don't, I'm not sure his age, but I don't know how many years he's got left. He seemed. He looks. He probably pushing sixty. Or yeah, 60. but I mean, Oregon's not a bad school to be at. I mean, they're not necessarily a basketball school, but in the past couple of years, they have been, uh, and they're one of the top teams in the pack. Pac-12, and that's not a bad conference. Yeah. And then Gonzaga, I don't know, man. I I would really like to see Gonzaga move to the maybe maybe the Pac-12. Yeah. Or I guess it would be something different then. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because they get so much crap for being at a West Coast conference. Uh, it's an awful conference. As, as far as Frank Martin goes, I don't I mean, he's been fired from Kansas State. I don't know how you get fired from Kansas State. He, did, he, didn't, then, get, he didn't get fired from Kansas State. He left Kansas State he, for He us. left? Yeah, yeah. He was doing fine at Kansas State. And That's then, what I thought. Yeah, and, and left for South Carolina. So, I mean, it would have to be a good school to open up for him to leave South Carolina. I mean, he just went to a Final Four. Why leave right now? I guess with the Frank Martin situation, that one probably comes down to money more than anything. Is South Carolina going to pay what it takes to, to maintain a Final Four basketball program? Are people going to go mm-hmm. to games? Is there going to be – more excitement about basketball in uh, 
were they in Columbia? Yeah. Than there was previously because if they don't sell the if they're not selling tickets uh, because of what they did this year, then they're not going to be able to pay him the money to keep him around, and he will probably go somewhere else. So it came down to Gonzaga, UNC, and of course, the, really that game just I thought it was a good game. Uh, most people I talked to said that they didn't enjoy it, but I thought it was a good game. I thought that uh, it was pretty close. I thought that Gonzaga kept up with UNC, UNC kept up with Gonzaga, but UNC, they were going to be the team to ultimately win. And uh, as much as it pains me to say, they are the 2017 national champions. Yeah, as we talked about that earlier, like we said, it was an awful game. Neither of the teams shot over 37%. Uh, North Carolina actually shot 36, and then Gonzaga shot 34. Try to look at the free throws here. I mean, they only shot 26 free throws apiece, so the fouls were even. But I just feel like there was way How too many, many fouls. How many fouls was there total? Uh, there were total fouls. Let's see here. I just know in the second half, both of those teams got in the bonus like 13 minutes to go. Yeah, and it's uh, 22 fouls apiece. So wow, 44 yeah. fouls total in a 40-minute game. Um, you were talking about the NBA earlier, and I heard them mention that on a on a different a competitor show earlier. They were yeah. talking about the – uh, NBA versus college. Was this a podcast or was this a radio this show? This was a uh, locally uh, carried radio show. Okay, okay. Yeah, let's not. It's, it's got initials, but I can't remember what they are. Well, we'll it's leave not, it away. It's kind of a. ABC? Something like that. Something <laughs> yeah. like that. K something or other. Okay. Uh, but um, yeah, okay. So the last NBA Finals game seven last year, mm-hmm. you had Warriors Cavs. If y'all remember that, I think there was like three or four minutes down the stretch where neither team scored. It was just hanging there, uh, and I think there's only one more basket scored, and it was a defensive battle back and forth. I don't think shooting percentages affect the watchability of a game, but there were, I, if I remember correctly, there weren't any fouls called down that. It was just back and forth, teams up and down the court, and that's what's exciting. When 44 seconds, I mean, that's like one trip up and down, and then it stops. Right. Like, that's... At the athleticism of running full court is what one of the things that makes basketball exciting. And I'm getting back on the refs again, Adam, and you're just going to have to go on to the next topic because I could talk about that all day. Well, it puts a big ribbon on college basketball season. Uh, one Shining Moment was played. Did, has anybody ever watched the One Shining Moment video all the way through? I've never watched a single second of One Shining Moment. Not even well, the Kentucky one? No. You just, I guess well, really, I didn't win it. I didn't watch it when they won because I was too busy jumping up and down. But I watch a lot of YouTube, so yeah, they're, they're all on YouTube and they're all good videos to watch. But yeah. when a team like North Carolina or Duke wins or Louisville, well, I don't watch you it. Just turn the TV. Like on. last year, I'm I'm pretty sure I watched the Oval one, and but uh, and definitely in 2012 when Kentucky won. But when yeah, I just turn the TV off when these other teams win. I don't really care. <clears throat> I went to bed right after the game was over. I cried a little bit and was hoping I woke up and North Carolina wasn't the champions, but that's not the case. Unfortunately, should have, could have been us. Just think how close that could have been for us. Could have been us. Kentucky, though, Kentucky, I feel like will be okay. They'll come back. Cal will reload. Bunch of players leaving De'Aaron Fox. Hey, we were number one in ESPN's uh, way, way, way too early poll for 2017-2018. Number how, one. However, in Joe Lenardi's uh, <laughs> bracket already for next season, he has us as a two seed. Not a one seed, so he's got a bracket for next year. He's got a bracket for next year, and we're a two seed. That's, wow, wouldn't yeah. he be on like? Wouldn't this be a vacation time for him? It'd be like the perfect time. It it would be perfect. Yeah, why is he still like, <laughs> <laughs> the last one day after the college basketball is over? He's already getting back to work. It's just so amazing how he ended up with that job. Like, what makes him the know all be all of brackets and? Seating and stuff. I just I don't understand it. I'd like to be. I'd like to have that job. I mean, yeah. Who Pretty was, sweet. I mean, like nobody's gonna 
was he ever going to say that you're... It's not like people go back and check Joe Lenardi's bracket like three years ago and see how he did. I mean, they say <laughs> yeah. it at the time, but then it's forgot. He's, people have about the memory that they do with like the weatherman. Right, right. The and crazy I, thing is, is how close he is every year. Though. Yeah, and he's articulate with his explanations, and I think people like to listen to him. He's entertaining during March Madness, so he explains a lot, gives people advice. So he gives kind of a starting point for people to start picking their teams. I don't know, man. You're talking about gambling. I, he almost strikes me as like an insider. Right. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's the Italian last name, and I'm just <laughs> stereotyping here, but I can see Joe, Joe Lenardi being like the go-between. In post-college basketball, right. in, co- in post-college basketball, really the only thing that happens now is the NBA draft. So we got De'Aaron Fox from Kentucky. Oh, baseball. Yeah, baseball, yeah, of course. We got baseball. Got a red shirt on. They, and a red yeah, I like the Reds, but they lost. They suck again. We suck again. They yeah, lost the opening game. They're rebuilding. Uh, they'll be fine in a couple of years. Be, I think they'll be all right. But yeah, it's it's kind of rough, man. But I'm a loyal Reds fan. I hang with them no matter what. The, the, you do. Thing. You do. Did it make you mad when I said they suck just now? A little bit. A little bit, like it stung just a little bit. Well, man, I can say they suck too, but I'm yeah. still a fan of them. Yeah, of course. I mean, you can say your team sucks. They could get better. I mean, it's true They're rebuilding. Fact. They don't suck. They're just rebuilding. The, the Reds have been rebuilding for a long, long time. And they've made some oh, like three seasons, silly man. decisions. Yeah, I think it's about the third season they've been rebuilding. Yeah, but baseball really don't – I like going to baseball games because it's just fun just to go to a baseball game. But it really gets fun during World Series. That's that's when it gets really fun. As long as the Cubs don't win, but you know you got baseball season. The NBA, De'Aaron Fox from Kentucky is going to go. He declared Malik Monk, Ben Matabao is going. Might come back. Don't know. Yeah, one foot in, one foot out. Yeah, one foot in, one foot out. What about Briscoe? You think Briscoe's going? Briscoe is not going to go. He's he might try to go to these combines and see how he can do in the second round. But I see him either coming back to Kentucky for a junior season. Try to improve, try to improve his stock, or he's going to go overseas and play. I don't know how much money you get, but you don't make no money in the D League. I guess that's just your best spot to go if you're trying to make it in the NBA is the D League. But I see his destiny being overseas. Yeah, I can see that. But if he was a four-year player, he could play. He could maybe make an NBA team, but that's it. That's a big if he comes back. He does come back, Briscoe and Autobahn. That'd be that'd be great. Yeah, I think as far as Briscoe coming back goes. You know, at least like you can't you can't work on athleticism. Like you you really have a ceiling with athleticism. What he needs is just better basketball IQ and a, a better shot. And I feel like those are easier things to work on and right, and right. develop than oh well he's just too weak or man nobody's saying he's too weak. Look at the guy. Yeah, but, he's not, he's definitely not weak. Yes, no, he's he's not too slow. Like, you can't get faster really. Not much. Yeah. So at least the things that he he could work on are, are things that he could conceivably develop if he stayed at UK. Do you see Derek Willis or Dominique Hawkins having a career? Uh, I think Hawkins is probably a foreign player if he wants to. Uh, I think he'd be a good fit. Derek somewhere where the maybe just people were a little bit smaller than the NBA. Um, yeah, I can see Willis having a maybe a two or three season career. Yeah, I agree. In the NBA. Yeah. Because you really saw it. In the last part of the season, he developed a little bit of rebounding, a little bit of shot blocking, not just shooting. Yeah, and he played in that Reese's invitation. He's the MVP of that. Yeah, the MVP, and then Hawkins made uh, the All-SEC team, didn't he? Something like that? Yeah, All-SEC all tournament. Team. All, yeah, yeah All-SEC yeah. team. He's so the MVP of the SEC tournament. Yeah. He? No, he should. I think he should have been, but he... Do you have to be seniors to get those honors? No, not the... Not, no. It's, maybe maybe for the that All-Star game that he was in, maybe that, the Reese's All-Star game. 
I mean, that's for seniors, but... I wonder how hard they would be to get on the show. Hawkins, uh, Mulder, all those guys to get on off the cuff. I mean, because now you don't have to go through any media. It just really, it depends on how cool they are. Right. So uh, I can I reach know. out and see. Yeah, I think you should do either, either one of them. I mean, probably either Willis or Hawkins. Mulder either, I mean, but but it's different because they're from they're from here. They're from here. They're Kentucky boys, so... But any of them would be – that would be awesome to have on the show. Yeah, it, it really would be. But, uh, yeah, so other than the NBA, uh, coaching changes, of course, will occur over the next couple months. I don't think there was any more coaching changes from the last time we spoke. Patrick Ewing became the head coach of Saw Georgetown. That, yeah. that was – what do you think of that? You want to you take a shot at that first time? Um, well, I mean, they got a – I don't know if it's a great hire. Um because he doesn't really have a track record. But whenever I watch Georgetown, it's like I'm supposed to be excited about Georgetown basketball, but there's not really anything exciting about Georgetown basketball. They're, they have a ton of empty seats in their arena. Um, it's like they used to be great, but who cares now? So I think that'll get people excited again about it, and I think it, I think he'll have an easy time recruiting yeah, at first at least. Yeah, that's what they were going for. Yeah, yeah I think that – that is exciting to have Patrick Ewing there. He's a legend at Georgetown. That's where he played. But like you said, his experience as a coach is lacking. He was an assistant coach under who? Was he an assistant in the NBA even? Yeah, I think he was an assistant in the NBA. I'd put it this way. The most important decision that he'll have to make is who he's hiring as his assistants. Mm-hmm. And if he can get people that can cover for his lack of experience, if it's in play calling or whatever he doesn't feel comfortable doing, and he'll let them handle that, then I think it can be successful. But if he tries to be a control freak with no experience, I don't see that working out well for him. Yeah, I'll go for what you said. Uh, definitely on the – what's the funny? You took your hat off, man. You had some hat. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I've been wearing a hat all day. I'll take that back. There is somebody that's passionate about Georgetown basketball. Yeah, no, he no. had to take his hat off and swoosh his hair Yeah, back. I think uh, on the recruiting aspect, uh, he should be able to bring the players in. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But right. just because he was a good basketball player doesn't mean he's going to necessarily be a good coach. And if that doesn't work out for Georgetown, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, right. I mean, think of a legend coach and a legend basketball player. I mean, Pat Riley, maybe. No, he's not really a legend basketball player, though. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't really. He know. was back in the day, but it's been a long time since Pat Riley put the old Chuck Taylors on. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's hard, so it's hard to uh, think of a good coach and a good player. How long was John Thompson there? He was there for a while. For years. And they used to not be that bad. I don't know what happened. When they were, John Thompson one or two? A third. No, oh, the third. The third. Well, one and two. How many, how many have they had? They've had three. No, they haven't had all three. They had John Thompson. Did they have all three? I think they had all three. It was, the like, it was like a royal family there. <laughs> it was like when one died, the other John one the take first. the throne. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they, were, they used to be decent. I mean, a couple years ago they were two seed. I think they got beat in the first round. But now, the past couple years, they just clearly fall I actually off. watched a lot of Georgetown this year. For some reason, they were on TV every time I was really? like, let me turn college basketball Top 25 on. college basketball program. Top 25 yeah, college basketball program. Yeah, definitely. I agree program. with that. Yeah. Absolutely. And they, so I think that, you know, well, let's give them a chance. I think it was a good move for the hiring or for getting attention for the program. But I wonder if, if he does bad at – Georgetown, if that will tarnish his legacy as a player, do you think that would hurt him any? As a player? Yeah, do you think that his legacy would be like... No, because people will still look back and they'll say, oh, there's Patrick Ewing, the Hall of Fame player. 
Because yeah, it'll just kind of like if you if you click on his Wikipedia page and read, then you'd be like, oh wow, he was terrible at Georgetown as a coach, but. It's not going to be the headline. <laughs> yeah, but how bad would that have to be to go in and fire fire Patrick Ewing? You know, that's like hiring Anthony Davis as our coach, and he won us a championship, and then we go in like after two years and have to fire him. And it's just a, you know, it's the walk of shame, having to walk out with the, your box of stuff. So I, it's, it's going to be interesting if he does bad to see what happens, if he just kind of steps down gracefully or if they give him the nasty firing. Tom will tell. Yeah, only time will tell. Well, anything to add before we close out with the one shining moment here and put a wrap on our March Madness podcast? Um, I know that before we know, we'll be back again next year doing these podcasts. But hopefully next year, hopefully next year will end up being a little bit better than the outcome of this year. North Carolina winning it, man. It's, we're due for one, definitely. Absolutely. Adam, what's it been? Three... Third year. Third, it's year. third year. It's been three years of of tears. We've had happy moments. We've had sad. And that's just another chapter in the off the cuff March Madness specials. I'm happy to happy to be here once again. I hope you'll have us back next year and we'll break down the games uh, just like only professionals can do, right? Right. And like I said, this is my favorite series to do of the podcast. You say it's three. I think this is four because this is the fourth season. Because fourth we, season, third year. Uh, yeah, so 14, 15, 16, 17. But, but in uh, 14, we only did a couple. Oh, then we did the. We have it, I think, but we still got to count it because the series evolved. That's what you call right. it. Right. Evolved. Yeah, yeah. Like we started out very, very like unorganized with the series. Like it started out just doing it in your uh, little office. Of doing like just a random show of a first round game. And we also had one of our best shows, was that, if you can remember. That yeah. was, no, that was an off the cuff episode one, though, wasn't it? No, that was it an was episode few, one, but it was like hurt. episode six. Yeah, it was right. early, okay. early beginnings of off the cuff. And then one of our best, like you said, was the downtown Yukon Kentucky championship that was game. Great. And it was only like a seven minute podcast, but looking back, that was awesome, man. Because, like you said, it was a championship game. We were all going crazy. The atmosphere down there was awesome. That was that was a good one. I like that. That was fun. I like how we can document these two. You know, you can always go back and and you know you're going to be able to show Cannon your child. Chad, <laughs> oh, by the way, by the way, uh, Chad's going to be a a father. Yeah, uh, I got congratulations. So what is this month? But August or April? Uh, five more months. Four yeah. more months. Well, so you, what you're saying, Adam, is that. You and I will be doing the post championship game show next year. No, hopefully maybe Chad will be a caller. No, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this isn't my last show on here. Yeah, maybe next year I'll, I'll have to be a caller. Oh, get, get the Skype me in. Skype me in. While yeah. I'm rocking the baby. We'll have to hang up on you because you're crying, baby. I'll be like, sorry, folks. Yeah, a little bit of no, I'll try. I'll try my best chat. to be here. But no, I like it that we can document these and we can always look back on them and uh, listen to our picks and how we were and what all we had to say and what all was going on during this time. It's always it's always just kind of like a little journal. It's an audio journal that we'll always have. But, guys, it's been a pleasure. It's been fun. Another series of March Madness Off the Cuff episodes has been complete. This has been Adam Banks, Zach Kahn, Chad Rainwater with Off the Cuff, and we will see you guys next year for the March Madness series. But we'll see you in the next episode of Off the Cuff.